Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 343, the Thanksgiving Purple Patch. Welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast. I'm Frank, joined as always with Sam and Eddie, and we are on almost Christmas, or Christmas, Thanksgiving Eve. I was thinking Christmas Eve, but Thanksgiving Eve, almost. And last year, we did a big... Are you are you okay, Frank? <laughs> stop, stop the podcast, Eddie. Get him an ambulance. <laughs> I... I'm, I, it's difficult sometimes when I think about when the podcast is being released and when it is now. <laughs> so, I mean, in all likelihood, this this is probably coming out on Thanksgiving Day. So, okay. the people listening to this, but they so obviously... happy Thanksgiving. They do understand that <laughs> this isn't a live stream. So, it did... When they're listening, we're not talking, or at least we're not talking and saying the words they're currently hearing. What? <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, we gotta, we gotta get some help. Just say it's, it's not live. Long story short, Thanksgiving has has arrived, <laughs> and last year we did the bracket challenge of the best side dishes. That was quite interesting. So, because I guess we've covered the side dishes, I was going to do some other Thanksgiving things. So first, I thought. Are there any Thanksgiving movies? You have your Christmas movies, you know, like your Elf, your Die Hard. But are there Thanksgiving Don't movies? try and trigger me with the Die Hard thing. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have any Thanksgiving movies that I watch. I mean, you have to remember, neither of us live in countries where Thanksgiving related. Thanksgiving is recognized. <laughs> yeah, so there's no, it's not as if the TV suddenly starts showing. I can't think of a Thanksgiving related movie. I mean, I know that they I'm exist. I'm guessing it's just going to be football. Like, I would just think it's like American football films, like sports films, that kind of thing. But why? That, I don't know. Just, <laughs> just again, I've I've associated. Just I don't know. Just a movie entirely about the Detroit Lions playing one game of football. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just mean I just mean like the famous American football films probably would be watched around there. I, I don't know. Frank, maybe you can tell us some Thanksgiving films. So I did a deep dive into this. And one was Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, where they are traveling during Thanksgiving holiday. So that is a definite Thanksgiving movie. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving was another one. Then things start to get a little bit sketchy. So Wait, so we have two. And one of yeah. them has in the name Thanksgiving. <laughs> yep. So you have Miracle on 34th Street, which everyone associates as a Christmas movie. but Because it is. Yes. But the opening kickoff of the movie is actually during Thanksgiving dinner when they're sitting around. I mean, scene. Yes. <laughs> it's not the start of a football game. Um, <laughs> no, that, this, that's insane. You like a movie. A movie doesn't become themed just because the first there is a scene within it that that shows. Like Armistad doesn't become a Christmas movie. Stop. Just, just stop. Because, just stop. Just because. <laughs> just nothing you're going to say is good. 
<laughs> no, no I, I mean, nothing I was going to say is bad, but I'm just saying you can suddenly, oh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Amistad. It's not a Christmas movie. No, you don't remember those two minutes when Christmas is taking place? So it's how would you feel funny. then about Paul Bart Mall Cop, which is more of a Black Friday movie? I've never seen it, so I can't judge how okay. crucial that is to the the overall storyline. How about Rocky, where Sylvester Stallone character meets Adrian, the love of his life, on Thanksgiving? Does that count? <laughs> well, it's a scene, though, no. right? <laughs> no. Because by this logic, I mean, no. I hate this so much. I hate that people think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I hate that people will just see if there's 90 seconds that shows something shows that something takes place. Like anyone out there, any idiot out there who thinks that Die Hard is a Christmas movie and their argument being what it starts with the the office Christmas party. Okay, replace that as being the office Christmas party and instead make it the office uh, someone's retiring. Yeah, I, I don't. I, okay, sure. <laughs> for, for the purposes of this argument, sure. Just think of any kind of event when an office is likely to have drinks after work. It doesn't change the plot of Die Hard. Like nothing else hinges on the fact that it is taking place as Christmas. And that's what really bothers me when people try and make that argument. And it's the same. Just because there is a scene where Thanksgiving happens doesn't mean that it all of a sudden becomes a Thanksgiving movie. Now, this, Eddie, then makes my next point quite sad because there is a movie that revolves around a funeral, but one of the key shared memories is a flashback to a Thanksgiving feast. And that is the 1983 film, The Big Chill. I can't tell if Eddie's angry or not. Just looking, I've just never seen it, so <laughs> I, mean, I probably should go out of my way to watch it, given the fact that it shares the name with this podcast. And probably there's one or two people a week who that's their favorite movie, and they think that this is some podcast dedicated to interviewing people <laughs> who acted in it. And hey, scene by scene breakdowns. <laughs> if that were the case, we'd have some pretty good guests because Glenn Close was in it, Jeff Goldblum was in it. Uh, Kevin Klein was in it. So there's some pretty famous actors are in that What's movie. The... Do you think, I mean, Jeff Goldblum's pretty kooky, right? Do you think we could approach him and just hope that he thinks this is like the official podcast of a movie that he was in? Official and... podcast of a movie from 1983? <laughs> and it's been now, going Frank. since 1983. <laughs> like to Sam's point, 100. we have we have like a hundred and twenty. Episodes. What are we possibly yeah. talking about? <laughs> well, I don't know. Interviewing every actor. Maybe there's something controversial. The director uh, doing a breaking it into segments, discussing our favorite scenes, watching it in maybe reverse this is... for hidden meaning. Sure. It was nominated for best picture. Well, your your question kind of fell flat on its face there, though, Frank. Do you have a follow-up? Did you have a backup question just in case what's your favorite Thanksgiving movie received the reaction that it ended up receiving? 
I do actually have a follow-up and this was posted on Facebook. I saw the little tagline is you're invited to someone's house for Thanksgiving dinner. Can you bring your own to go containers to take home leftovers? Uh, what are you bringing? You're likely bringing a side. I mean, you're not bringing um, the turkeys. If you're going to someone's house, they're the ones traditionally you, uh, making the turkey. Uh, and in this premise, I haven't asked for permission before, and they haven't offered. No. It's just me turning up and, and kind of forcing the issue. Um, I, I think, do you know, I think I'm hosting Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday, and I was speaking to someone who was attending yesterday, and during that, someone else walked up and said how jealous he was that he wouldn't be attending. Now, bear in mind, when, he's, when he meant this, he just meant that he was missing out on the food. He would never have, he wouldn't have made the top 200 people to be invited to Thanksgiving dinner at my house, if you see what I mean. Like, it was never, he was never under consideration. But she then said to him, don't worry, I'll bring you leftovers. Oh, implying no, that she's no. taking leftovers from your Thanksgiving without your Which permission. I'm, no, well, I would definitely give her leftovers. I'm I'm fine giving everyone who attends if they want leftovers because there's always too much food. And for the most part, we're not going to be able to get – it's going to end up getting thrown away. So I'm always happy to give leftovers. The only thing I wish I could do is have better control over what gets given away. Yeah, you know, give away the stuff you're not going to eat. <laughs> yeah, and that you have too much of. Yeah, but then I'll be like, oh, no, this was, the really, this was the really popular thing. Here, have the last scoop because otherwise you don't have like a complete plate when you get home. That bit annoys yeah. me. But, but yeah, I, I mean, she's, she is saying I'll give Eddie's food away. I don't, I don't like it. Now, now she's decided that her leftovers are going to be kind of someone else's by proxy. How are you going to stop her getting leftovers? Unless she can prove that they're going to be eaten by her. Yeah, I need you to... (laughs) Yeah, he's either going to eat everything or say to her, your leftovers have to be eaten now. (laughs) In which case, they're not leftovers. You need video evidence. You need video evidence of her eating the leftovers. Otherwise, she's uninvited the following year. Yeah. Or I just like piss on everything. Oh, that's all. <laughs> I mean, sounds a bit like a nuclear option, but yes. Problem solved. You still have the leftovers. Go ahead and take them. All yours. No. Uh, yeah, I didn't know how I felt. I felt mildly uncomfortable. I kind of gave a look, and she was like, oh, well, or maybe not. I was like, it's definitely not. See, and then bring the question back. It's funny because you're willing to give someone leftovers, but someone would preemptively bring their own Tupperware because – you know, nowadays people, they don't want to collect. I don't want to collect your Tupperware, so I just brought my own. But still, if you saw someone attend your Thanksgiving dinner with the Tupperware, like coming in, like ready to take it, take food back out, it gives you that kind of like negative sense on them, even though you're going to give them leftovers. It's still like, who are you to think that you're automatically getting them? <laughs> There's an easy solution to this, right? Which is whatever you bring your side in, has to be the thing you're taking the leftovers away in. And that way you have the necessary material to take away your leftovers. So you are in position to take a, take advantage of any offer or if you want to steal anything. But if someone questioned, why do you have that? It's like, well, this is what I brought. 
the mashed potatoes in. And it's a full-on like roasting tray. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was just thinking. A little, a just a little tray. bit of mashed potato in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so Eddie, you're hosting Thanksgiving again? Yeah. What's the yeah, yeah. what's the spread? Normal spread? Anything new to the table? Well, last year we didn't have a turkey because obviously we were in lockdown and it was kind of hard to come by turkeys, but I am going to buy a turkey tomorrow. So is it yeah, Saturday it your Thanksgiving? I'm assuming. No, no. On the day. Oh, but you're going to buy a turkey on Wednesday yeah. or Thursday. Yeah. It's defrosted. Well, I'm well, assuming then. It would never have been frozen. I'm not a fucking oh. heathen. Well, pretty much everywhere in the States, they're always all frozen. <laughs> Yeah. No. No, the turkey won't be frozen. It'll be like buying a chicken, just bigger. That's quite pricey in the US to buy a fresh turkey. I don't think you could even find a frozen turkey here if you wanted to. It's a lot of tension I mean, maybe in, in the UK around Christmas. What? It's a lot of tension in the way you two are talking through this conversation. No, I just I've never but yeah, no. No, no, no. Even, I've never had a frozen turkey in my life. Well, if you had Thanksgiving in the States, you probably had a frozen turkey. I don't think so. I never went to anyone else's house for Thanksgiving. My parents That's hosted. you got bullied. And... We went through that story. <laughs> you were too afraid to step outside your house. <laughs> that wasn't in the U.S. But now... Uh... Well, apart from yeah, Andy Sherman, you can get another reference. That was that was one punch. That's not really bullying, but but yeah, no, yeah, usual sides. Some things that don't interest me, like the marshmallow, whatever, sweet potato uh, casserole. Yeah, no interest in that. And then Vass will bring some Greek stuff. Nice. So you know you have a little turkey, a little domates. Little mixture of everything. Nice. And then Sam, you had your first Thanksgiving last year. Are are we repeating? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so you've been uninvited. <laughs> it, it, maybe. <laughs> like I've been speaking to the guy who invited me last time, and he was telling me about all the preparation. I don't think I got the invite. <laughs> oh, oh, that's is, a move. No, this is that's good. a move. Now, Eddie, in Sam's position, do you invite yourself and just say, "No"? So, what time are people coming over? No, and more to the point, I would now reject any invitation because clearly, at this point, you are on the secondary list of invitees. You are or now. is he on the automatic list? And it's like, yeah, I don't even have to tell you. Well, of course you're invited. My, my no, invite someone... last year was as the only person. Because in the UK, you're only allowed one household. And I was the mm. only person to go wow, to you really fucked up then. <laughs> what did what you did do wrong. at this Thanksgiving, Sam? <laughs> I just, I you know what? Don't answer that. It was dry. <laughs> but no, you can't, you can't give a last minute invitation as a standard invitation. or a, a, Because you need to say as I'm doing to guests coming over, what are you bringing? But he clearly doesn't have better plans. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to get a frozen turkey. I'm going to get a meal for one. Um, just order no, some KFC. I just look back. Just order a lot so you can then put it together and it looks kind of like a turkey. <laughs> just hang bits of KFC onto like a carcass. Okay. Nice. I, I, so 
I just looked through, so an update, I just looked through the messages and he said, do you have plans for the 25th? So at, I, at what stage did he say that? He said it last, maybe last week or the week before. Oh, this is just you then. <laughs> this Could is just another example of you um, failing to communicate properly. Bad texter, Sam. Well, I mean, okay, I, I retract it. Now, if I'm him, I uninvite you and you're on a blacklist. Because <laughs> I could not put up with this. <laughs> yeah, I Seemingly. hope now, Sam, you say, oh, I, I'm going to come. And he's like, oh, no, I asked you a week ago and you didn't respond. You, you've, you're off the list, man. Sorry. <laughs> he's a super prepared guy. And, and to be honest, he's got a lot of family in the UK. He's American. So it could just be one of those things where like the more people have taken up this time around. I'm not I'm not overthinking it. No no, you're underthinking it. He basically invited <laughs> you and you ignored the invitation. No, I didn't. I said If he I'm back on the twenty third, so it sounds fine. And then he just said, My word, aren't you a jet setter? And then we just went off on a conversation. There wasn't any confirmatory stuff going on around it. Well, you again, this is a failure to communicate on your part. You have to then say, you have to clarify in that situation. Because you can't clarify now. You can't clarify the day before because that just sets yourself, it sets you up for embarrassment. You have to clarify kind of then in the moment, oh, is that an, like, um, do you, is that an invitation? Yeah. Because now you run the risk then he thought it was an invitation and you just don't show up. You just blank him or you wrote, you turn up and he's like, well, why on earth are you here? Well, he asked me if I was <laughs> oh, doing we'll anything. Go for Colin B. We'll go for Colin B for the drama. And what are you going to bring? Up? Nothing. Just yourself. <laughs> yeah. Just myself. I only brought myself last time. But I specifically asked, is there anything I should bring? So I actually I bought and some alcohol. And you still didn't bring anything? No, I, I bought some like alcohol. Not even like, okay. So you had so, something. Yeah, I bought like a... Still a, a weak effort, but something. I, I bought like two or three bottles of wine that were specifically related to going with turkey. That must, <laughs> that must have been an interesting <laughs> discussion with the local wine shop. Where did that take place? Tesco's? <laughs> Excuse me, fun <fine>, sir. <laughs> Good day, shopkeep. <laughs> no, it wasn't like some Victorian to... wine store. <laughs> Do you happen to have any recommendations for a vintage that would pair well with some turkey? I don't get why that's a problem. Most people pair wines with meat. They do. I just, I, I imagine you, I'm imagining you buying your wine from Tesco's or Sainsbury's uh, or something. And then I'm not imagining that there is anyone there who could provide you with that kind of advice. What the guy is stacking the yogurts wasn't able to help me. I was very surprised. No, it's no like, he, he was like, I'm a, I'm a yogurt expert. Why you need to go find the wine expert. It's it, just like in meet the parents when he goes to the pharmacy and asks if they have any nice bottles of champagne. And the guy goes, we've got mums, and it's $4. He's like, do you have anything nicer, like more expensive? He's like, you can just buy a whole bunch of mums. <laughs> That's like what Sam did. He just asked the guy stocking the shelves. <laughs> so I also have some numbers that I wanted you guys to guess on. Seven. <laughs> 49. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. 
How many? <laughs> That's it. Move on. <laughs> how many turkeys do Americans consume on Thanksgiving? Didn't we have this last year? Yeah, I'm trying like... to see if I remember it. Oh. So this, so this is a full turkey, or does like some households have like half a turkey, and then it would be two household, one turkey. He wants the total number, Sam, not how they get there. No, it's not how they get there. It's just like, so it's, is it like a one turkey per household thing? Or for Thanksgiving, would you ever have like half a turkey or? Where on earth do you buy half a turkey from? I don't know. Americans seem to freeze everything. So you just cut it in half. You buy a turkey breast maybe, but usually people buy like a turkey and a turkey breast as like extra. Um, I will guess. This is, are you sure that this number is specifically Thanksgiving and not annual? Yes, on Thanksgiving, how many turkeys are consumed by Americans? I will say 60 million. Sam? 39 million. Sam is closer. 45 million turkeys. I knew I should have, when you reacted to Sam's 49, I knew that that meant that I probably should have been naming a number around 49, but... And then one more. On average, Americans purchase how many pounds of potatoes during Thanksgiving week? This isn't like number of potatoes, number of pounds of potatoes. But do people ever buy half a potato? But they might buy one potato per person. Um, you know you can have half potatoes. <laughs> Fucking you it. purchase it. Um, uh, I will say 200 million pounds. How many pounds to a kilo? 2.2. 2. 300 million. Wow. The correct answer is 250 million pounds of potatoes. Oh, dear. (laughs) Fat bastards. (laughs) Oh, shit. And the last one, how many calories are consumed by the average American on Thanksgiving Day? All right. I think Sam has to go first this time. I think I'm making it easier for him by throwing The average American male recommended is 2,000 calories. Just FYI. Eight and a half thousand. Eight? eight That's way too high. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of all the beer as well. That's almost five days worth of food. Whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Five beers is a thousand calories. What? Okay, anyway. Wait, wait, however what? you're getting. Okay. I'm gonna say this is the average American, right? Not specifically male. Yes. I'll say, I mean, I, I should just say seven and a half thousand and win this game there and then because I'll be closer, <laughs> but I'll give a genuine guess and risk losing. I will say five and a half, five thousand. Forty five hundred calories and two hundred and thirty grams of fat on a Thanksgiving day. So about over double what you should normally be consuming in a day. I could have crushed this game if I just made Sam go first every time. <laughs> Sam, 22,000 calories? 
900 billion turkeys? <laughs> I don't get that. I like you, uh, like a pint of beer is 200 to 250 calories. I mean, it depends on the beer. This is the first thing we have to address. So it would depend on the beer. And you're drinking for a lot of the day, right? What is that, 10 hours of football? So I'm just thinking, the, obviously the men are going to do predominantly most of this. So it's lopsided in that respect. I'd like to see how many men have versus women. Sexist. So a pint of Carling has 100, 130 calories. A pint of Guinness yeah, has 125 Guinness. calories. Really? Carling's That's 130. And then Doom Bar, the UK's most popular cast conditioned ale, has 200. Yeah. Wow. But also, a lot of Americans will be drinking light beer, too, anyway. So that would be taking it down. But also, I don't think necessarily the average American is chugging beers for their Thanksgiving Day experience. Hey, they're eating, what was it, how many grams of fat? 230. So what's that, like five times the limit? Oh, five times the recommended daily amount? So to do that in calories isn't too far-fetched, right? Oh, he's trying to trying to justify himself here. <laughs> oh, oh, so sorry. I got I got my ratios off on calories to fat. <laughs> Apology accepted. And my last little bit of Thanksgiving is: Did you see this year's turkeys that were pardoned? We also discussed this a little bit last year. This this baffles no. me, but go on. <laughs> well. President Joe Biden pardoned two turkeys named Peanut Butter and Jelly. And he said, those are two names I couldn't agree on more. I have to admit to you, my wife doesn't like me to admit it. That's what I like for lunch. Ha 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 ha. Such a, such a wise cracker that Joe Biden is. I mean, that's just the kind of joke a president makes. It's not like he can get up and really tell some off-color joke about something and just roast the whole concept. He he kind of has to tell, I hate the term dad joke, but he basically has to tell a dad joke. That's, he's America's dad. Or he could be, could have been America's mother. But people of America didn't want that to happen. Not Joe Biden. I meant Hillary Clinton. I didn't want to make it seem as if... <laughs> Eddie hates America yeah I gotta get a dig in once every episode but so moving on from the Thanksgiving Day traditions of food and drink we can get our preview in for the other tradition which is football before we make our predictions for this week we can catch up on how we did last week Sam had an (laughs) <laughs> Sam had now here's the interesting thing for listeners they'll have to take our word for it that these are the selections that we made because we actually had an issue with our our podcast hosting provider last Sunday which meant that the episode that was supposed to go up on Sunday didn't go out until Monday so then the picks were edited out of the episode because it sort of worked under the assumption that people listening on Monday and Tuesday even though I do know that there are plenty of people who do that and who then speak about the fact that they kind of enjoy listening after the fact and seeing where we were wrong and where we were right. For the most part, I think people don't want to. So that was edited out. So people will have to trust us that we are giving an accurate number. I think they will see that we are giving accurate numbers when they see what the numbers are. So Sam is now in the lead, both 
money line and against the spread. Against the spread, he is 87, 77, and 1. Money line, he is 107, 57, and 1. Then, Frank, you are in second in against the spread where you're 86, 78, and 1. I am 82, 82, and 1. And then I am 103, 61, and 1. Money line, and you are 101, 63, and 1. Money line. So, you know, we're only talking about a separation of six money line separating the three of us and now only five separating us against the spread which i think you know those are those are good numbers for all of us obviously not quite the incredible numbers that you were at maybe going into week nine but good numbers for all of us and interesting that it's as tightly packed as it is considering that we often disagree pretty significantly so on that note, Sam, do you want to move us on to our Thanksgiving week selections? Sure. So we've got the Bears at the Lions, and the Bears are three-point favorites. I'm happy to kick things off. I think, um, like you said, Eddie, it's, it's at least an interesting game, even if it's kind of like not spectacular. It's kind of competitively bad, but I, I think... The Bears have won five of the last six against the Lions, but also where the Bears' defense does well is where the Lions' offense does well. So I think the Bears have the ability to neutralize. I think Fields' status is a little bit uncertain at the moment. But no, I he's, still like the Bears. He's, the he's out. He, he is Andy he's definitely Dal- out. Andy Dalton is, is playing. I still don't overly have too much concern with that, even if Fields has been looking very slightly better as the weeks have gone on. Um, so I'm still taking the Bears and the points. I think it's a blow for Justin Fields to be out for the Bears because their offense does feel... Their offense is weird. There's 60% of a game, it feels like it knows what it's doing, and then the rest is just a mess. But you can kind of see elements within every game that they play of how they could be very good. But I think their their defense is legitimately good. And... You know, Andy Dalton is okay, and this Lions team is is really bad. So I'm going to take the Bears to win and against the spread. Yeah, this is one here where, you know, Goff is maybe going to play. He's trending towards playing. But if not, you know, you're looking at a very bad backup. Uh, If you watched last week against the Lions last week, you know, you kind of feel bad. This this could be a game the Lions could win if Goff were healthy. This could be one of their few chances to win a game here. Nice, it would be on Thanksgiving. You know, everyone will be watching. But I don't see it happening. I actually think Andy Dalton is not much of a drop-off from Fields just because Fields, while he has a much better upside, right, and a higher ceiling, he still does make a lot of mistakes and a lot of rookie errors. So I think you'll have a, a less errored game with Dalton just boring this is gonna be a bland game I I don't care to watch much of this but it'll be on and I'm sure I will so I'll take the Bears to to win in the cover all right next up you got the Raiders at the Cowboys Cowboys seven and a half point favorites um anyone kind of okay Raiders continue to free fall Cowboys had a pretty hard fought loss against the Chiefs like concerned about the Cowboys at all against that Chiefs loss or is this pretty easy no, I, I'm concerned with the Cowboys in terms of who's going to be playing. So Amari Cooper's out from COVID and CD Lamb is in concussion protocol. So there's a really good chance he's not going to play either. So you're losing your 
top two playmakers uh, wide receiver wise. So that's tough. I mean, if you had one of them, you could say you would still be pretty confident in the Cowboys. It, it without your top two guys, that's 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 a lot to ask for. I do think that the Cowboys defense will step up here. So Vegas turns the ball over a ton and the Cowboys are one of those opportunistic defenses with, you know, Trayvon Diggs having what's five or six interceptions already. And Michael Parsons is, is a, a human force fumble machine right now. So I think that's where the Cowboys could win this game is, is on their defense with turnovers. So I'll stick with the Cowboys. I think they are still a high caliber team versus the Raiders are still in free fall. Seven is a big spread, but I'll take the Cowboys to cover. Yeah. Look, I, I'm concerned too by, you know, when you're missing your two first choice wide receivers. And I think you notice that drop off in, in the game against the Chiefs. I, but the Raiders are in free fall. They also have injury concerns of their own, including their left tackle is now day to day and may not play on Thursday. That's a big position to be throwing a replacement in, particularly in a short week. But the I'm tempted to take the Raiders with the points just because they they aren't terrible, but their season is in free fall. So I, I, I can't do it. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win and the Cowboys to cover. Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned everything about wide receivers, but also uh, I think it was the first time this season that they went sub 300 and were frozen out of the end zone. So... Uh, I think there are some worries for the Cowboys, especially if they're now lacking that wide receiver depth. But I, look, the Raiders are in free fall. You've said it. We say free fall a lot. We'll probably say it a little bit more. But so it's it's more to do with a vote against them than it is the Cowboys. But I think I do think of that Chiefs game, and I do think like if it wasn't for the, like the kind of nine nil blitz start at the start of the first quarter, well, in the first quarter, you know they were only kind of outscored ten nine in that game. It was just the offense wasn't firing, but. Um, What a a classic optimistic twist from Sam. If you just eliminate the part where they got really badly beaten, they were actually all right. Bingo. I'm so glad you can interpret. You take less words than me as well. I might have to start sending stuff over and give you summations. Um, Bills at the Saints and the Bills are six point favorites. Are we are we calling this an inconsistent Bills team now? Is there big problems here? Oh, well, I think they're kind of consistent. I mean, look, we had the discussion. Their test, is, it's just difficult to know where we stand with the Bills because their season and their schedule so far has been so easy that it makes it hard to, to read how good their performances have been. They looked really, 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 really bad against the Colts. And I... F- that being said, the Saints also looked pretty bad at the weekend, and I have more faith in the Bills' ability and Josh Allen's ability to turn things around than I do in the Saints and Trevor Simeon's ability to turn things around. And so I'm going to take the Bills to win and to cover, but yeah, I there's going to be a lot of people out there, right, on Thursday, assuming, I guess, no matter how things go, with the Bills as the last leg, of a Thanksgiving Day bet. And a couple of weeks ago, you would have thought that this would have been a great way. You would have thought you could sit back and watch and relax and expect the Bills to score 40 points and probably not give up that many. 
Whereas you might have to sit through a painful 21-15 win the way they never look like they're certain to win. But I'll, I'll still, if they lose this week, I'll start to really reconsider as to whether or not they're a good team, but I'll take them. Yeah, I um, I, I think I've got more faith in the Bills turning it around than I have the Saints of kind of performing here. The, the only thing that does concern me is that they had such a hard time stopping Taylor um, last time out, and I don't think it's going to be really any easier <laughs> kind of looking at what the Saints can do with kind of Kamara and Ingram. But um, I'll I'll take the Bills here to turn it around. I, I just, I'm not a fan of backing the Saints, to be honest. The six does worry me, though, but I'll still take them to turn it around. If you go back a few weeks, you know, kind of a testament to what Eddie was saying, Bills play the Chiefs at Arrowhead, win nicely 38-20. They then lose to the Titans in a pretty poor performance. They then come back and route the Dolphins by, what, 15. They then next week lose to the Jags in a terrible game, then come back and route the Jets. Then last week, or yeah, last week now, got blown out by the Colts. So with that win-loss, win-loss mentality, you figure here's a big win and a big comeback. So you just don't know what to expect. And and it may be that they get a bad loss and it wakes them up and then they come back and then they get sloppy again. So I trust them more than I trust the Saints. The Saints are 0-3 right now in their last three. Simeon is completing like 55% of his passes. It does not look that good. So the six is a worry. That is a decent amount for a Saints defense who is is a decent defense. But I'll take the Bills to win and, and the Bills to cover here and to, to come back and and try and take a rehold of that AFC East. All right. You've got the Jags at the Falcons. Uh, sorry, Falcons at the Jags. And the Falcons are one-point favorites. Um, for me here, I'm going to take the Jags. Um, I think I think when I look kind of at the opportunity for the Jags to do something, I look at kind of def- – they did pretty well defensively in week uh, like 9 and 10. What was it? The Bills and then – um, when they shut out, when they did all right against the Dolphins as well um, in London, and I just think that the Falcons at the moment are just really hard to look at in, in terms of like how they were just completely shut out in that Patriots game as well. It, I don't know. For me, I just think it might come good for the Jags here. Let's call it the feeling one. So there's my feeling with the Jags. I got a feeling. Um, I I can't disagree with you more. Almost. As difficult as it is to trust this Falcons team, I think they've at least shown elements of life. They didn't on Thursday. That was a pretty atrocious performance against the Patriots. But again, they've they've been a team this season where I think it's impossible to look for trends. And I think each time you have to reassess the advantage they have, I suppose, here is 10 days rest. Maybe that ability to regather and refocus. I'm going to take the Falcons to win. I'm just going to assume I'm going to fall into the Matt Ryan trap and just hope that every once in a while the Falcons offense looks pretty good, even if on Thursday they managed to have three different quarterbacks throw interceptions. But, yeah, there's there's more to like about this Falcons team right now than there is to like about this Jags team. I mean, the, the Niners walked all over this Jags team on Sunday. You're right, they did, but in the same sense, the Patriots demolished the Falcons, and then the Cowboys 
did more than walk all over the Falcons, beating them 43 to three the week before. All right, Frank, (laughs) who's better Patriots or Niners? (sighs) That's a tough one. Uh, Patriots. Who's better Niners or Cowboys? Cowboys. So there we go. We're trying to read the form of it. I, I agree. I, it's tough for me to take the Jags. The one thing I will say when, when we talk about can you make, you know, make something out of the way they're winning and losing in the Falcons, I think a lot has to do with Cordell Patterson. And Eddie kind of has his rule with uh, McCaffrey and will never take the Panthers if McCaffrey's out. And the, their offense is significantly different when Patterson is in versus when he's out and he's been out the last two games and they've had no offense and you add in that Ridley has been out for most of the season. So you're really depleted there with just Kyle Pitts being the only playmaker. So as of right now, Patterson is questionable, but leaning towards going to be out again. So I will take the Jags to win and obviously to cover solely off the fact that Patterson will still be out. If he does come back, obviously I can't change my pick, but I would then likely go the other way if, if he is back in the lineup. But I'm assuming that he's not going to be, so I will take the Jags there. Good set of caveats. Thank you. Eddie, um, uh, do you have any need to watch that game, by the way? I mean, there's a few games that I could probably... This isn't the worst game. This isn't okay. the worst game. All right. I was I was waiting for the soundbite, but I guess I'll have to wait a little longer. Um, speaking of a McCaffrey um, scenario, uh, Panthers at the Dolphins, and the Panthers are one-point favorites. Um, kind of going slightly the opposite way here, I guess, with the Panthers. I'll, t- I'll take the Panthers on the points. I think a healthy Cam Newton, I think a healthy McCaffrey for this game, I think Cam Newton will get better, look better. With this team, it just feels pretty good. I think they caught Washington maybe in a good little purple patch at the moment with those two wins. Who knows? But I just feel like, um, again, the um, the three-game winning streak. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> I don't know where to stop to do it. Um, I kind of feel like the, the three-game winning streak for the Dolphins is... Uh, <laughs> My perception is that the Dolphins winning streak is a, a little bit kind of maybe like over the top with this one. I think the Panthers are the better team. So I'll take the Panthers and the points. I'll be easy. I got a rule. Christian McCaffrey plays. I take the Panthers unless obviously they're playing against a very good team. This is not a very good team that they're playing against. So I take the Panthers to win. Obviously the Panthers to cover with the one point. Uh and Christian McCaffrey last week, fastest player ever to 3,000 receiving and rushing yards combined, obviously. So there we go. Which is kind of surprising given how much time he's missed. Is it games or age? That's a good question, actually. It's games. Yeah. Okay. That kind of makes so sense. So he's, he's, yeah, he's achieved it in 57 games. Who do you think is, who do you think held the record before him? Fastest to, what is it again? 3,000. 3,000 rushing and receiving yards. 
So obviously it's got to be a running back. Hmm. Is it Adrian Peterson? No. Is it older? Is it like Marshall Falk? No, he's still playing. Oh, Frank Gore. <laughs> no, it's it's Alvin Kamara. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess that's Ooh, true because 66. being a receiving running back is a kind of recent thing. And more interesting, I'll give you one more little test. Okay. In those 57 games, McCaffrey has 357 receptions, which is the third highest number of receptions through that many games in league history. Which two players do you think he is trailing? I will say once again that both of them are still playing. Are they both receivers or running backs? They're both wide receivers. Okay. Oof. That's tough. I feel like, no, Justin Jefferson's only in his second year. So it can't be that. Yeah, not enough games. Not enough games. Who's kind of in that? Julio Jones? Nope. Mm. Amari Cooper? Nope. Um, I'm going to give you a clue okay. that was, is going to be a total giveaway for at least one of them. They are both controversial wide receivers. Odell Beckham. Yeah. I was going to guess Odell because I remember a stat like that, that he was on pace for being, you know, super good. And then, you know, just took. So 382 receptions through his first 57 games. Five year anniversary of the catch, by the way, yesterday. So five year anniversary of Odell Beckham Jr. being relevant. Yep. And then the other one is also controversial. He is a controversial figure, yes. It's not Antonio Brown, is it? No. Oh, that would have been a good one. I don't know. Who's a, who else is controversial? It, Michael Thomas? Eh, I guess he is slightly controversial. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> True. Saying controversial within the NFL yeah. means it's very different. I was going to say, very different, context. <laughs> different controversy surrounding him. Yeah, 415, so significantly ahead of the other two. Well, I guess I I never picked for that one. Um, I agree with both of you. The Dolphins have won their last three, but only one of those is a quality win against the Ravens, and I think they just caught the Ravens on a weird Thursday. Sorry, Eddie, I didn't actually mean to bring it up. <laughs> I wasn't trying to add insult to you on that one. And I am becoming a strong believer in Eddie's role with Christian McCaffrey. So with that, I will go with the Panthers to win and the Panthers to cover. Is this your worst game of the week, Eddie? We've got the Jets at the Texans. Oh, you had to ruin it by asking. You could have just said, up next, we've got the Jets and the Texans. <laughs> so, yeah, up next, we've got the Jets at the Texans, and the Texans are two and a half point favorites. Uh, I'll go first, then. Yes, this is the game that I do not want to see any second of uh, this weekend. I'm I'm going to take the Jets. I I'm just not believing in this semi Texans renaissance, I think. Obviously Tyrod Taylor is a massive improvement for them and having him back and at quarterback. I'm assuming Joe Flacco will be playing for the Jets. 
I, I, I think this is going to use one of my other rules, which is these are two bad teams, and when they're two bad teams, I'd rather just take the one getting the points. So I'll take the Jets. I'll, I'll be quick. The Texans are two and two with Tyrod Taylor as the starter, much better than their two and eight overall, or their zero oh and six with David Mills as the starter. The Jets are they're bad they're just really bad and not that the texans aren't also very bad but when sometimes when you watch the jets you question whether they even want to be out there i'll take the texans because i i do believe tyrod taylor still has something to prove and has a chip on his shoulder and wants to go out and compete he's kind of been disrespected his whole career and he's at least trying to make something of this season so after a nice win against the titans i'll take the Texans to win and to cover. Both teams, though, have beaten the Titans. Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I just looked at some of the the kind of figures on this one, really, because, like you say, it's a pretty bad game. Um, the Texans put up about five points on average, about six points more on average than the Jets, and they also give up about five points less. So I'm just going to take the two and a half as quite a nice line in what could be like a ten point difference there. So I'll take the Texans. Uh, next up is the Eagles at the Giants, and the Eagles are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Well, the Eagles had another injury at running back. They've obviously already been severely depleted in that position over the course of the season. I, 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 I don't think there are many Eagles believers, but I am definitely not in however you'd want to classify people who think they're halfway decent are. And the Giants continue to be a team that, although they have some horrific turnovers and although they mostly lose, they have, they do some good things. You know, even against the Bucks, they looked all right for decent portions of that game. So I'm going to take the Giants to win and the Giants with the points. I don't know if we watched the same game yesterday, Eddie, because that was one of the most disgraceful, embarrassing games I've ever had to consider myself being called a fan of a team for. I mean, it was... Ah, that was just so bad. I've never seen such a shitty performance all around. I am out on Daniel Jones. I'm out on Barkley. I'm out on every person on that offensive line. They should just cut the entire team and start as an expansion team and just start from scratch. Just pick up off waivers if they have to, because that was, it was so bad. Just, I mean, yeah, I don't know if you can just declare yourself an expansion team. (laughs) They should look into it. Everyone else in the league has to give us three players. You know, and it's, it is frustrating because every once in a while they put together a coherent game and then you just see these glimpses of how bad they can be and good teams, you know, you see this year is a great example, like the bills, like the Titans, they have bad games, but they don't look like this in bad games. Da- Daniel Jones did you, threw the ball. Did you watch the Bills this weekend? Eddie, did you watch Daniel Jones's two interceptions? One, he hit the Bucks player I in did. the helmet. It was such a bad throw. Even the Bucks player wasn't expecting it. And the second one, he threw right into a 13-year veteran that was 315 pounds. It stuck into his stomach. He couldn't even do anything to drop it. I mean, awful. I will agree. I will agree that the second interception is up there with one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen in my life. Awful. Like it's very difficult to understand what he was trying to achieve. Awful. 
it's yeah i on the other side i don't think the eagles are a playoff team but they are a team that's at least found their identity and they have a really good run game and they have a really good play play action off that run game they're averaging now 27 points a game and that should be higher if you just took the last four or five games. Their lowest output in the last five is 24, I believe. Other than that, they're over 30 every game almost. So they found their way a lot more than the Giants have. And I, the Giants have no defense right now, and they cannot stop the run. They cannot stop the pass, and the Eagles are going to have their way here. So I'll take the Eagles to win and to cover. Yeah, I think your point there about the the run is probably the important one. The Giants, I think, have maybe the worst ranked run defense in the league. And you just saw the Eagles put 40 up against best run defense in the league and what, 270, 280 yards they posted. So I think the Eagles will have another run field day here, despite the injury, as Eddie mentioned, one of them out. So yeah, I'll take the Eagles and the points. Just going back real quickly to the Giants yesterday, Will Hernandez, who was a second round draft pick, in Dave Gettleman's hog molly overload that he was going to bring to this Giants team had arguably the worst offensive line performance in the history of the NFL. He had six pressures, two sacks, three holding calls, and a false start in that game. The abuse he took on Twitter was amazing. I, I sent about seven screenshots to my dad just showing how much people were ripping into him. It was amazing. It, I've never seen such a bad performance from a from alignment ever. It's Gettleman is just his whole hog molly thing is just getting ridiculous. Um, Steelers at the Bengals and Bengals are four and a half point favorites. For me, the steel uh the Steelers. For me, the Bengals look good. They're healthy. Uh, I think it was a nice win that they came back to, and I th- I think the Steelers are still a little bit banged up at the moment. So, I'm taking the Bengals and to win this one. Steelers are hoping to get several key defensive players back this week. T.J. Watt could be back. Joe Hayden could be back. Minka Fitzpatrick could be back. I was really impressed by what I saw from them against the Chargers. Ben Roethlisberger kind of coming back to life. I mean, he doesn't look good, but he definitely doesn't look bad. So I'm going to take the Steelers. I just think there's something about them. And I I think uh, this defense, if they do get those players back, it can cause Joe Burrow all types of problems. Bengals still don't necessarily do a good job of protecting him. And if you have TJ Watt back, maybe even if he's limited, he could cause him some real issues. So... I'm going to take the Steelers to win and the Steelers with the points. I'm with Sam on this one. Going with the Bengals. It's crazy to say this, but I think they have a more talented roster than the Steelers. They have a better quarterback. I think they have a better running back and they have better receivers. Oh, they don't have a better running back. Joe Mixon has 760 yards and nine TDs. Najee Harris has 605. He's got over 100 more yards and four more TDs. And he's got more receiving yards. Yeah, but but statistics can can be misleading. You know, if we're just going to analyze who the best wide receivers are and who the best running backs are purely based on statistics, we're going to get to some weird answers at the end of each season. 
I think Najee Harris is on course to probably next season or the season after be the best running back in the league. I think he's shown a lot this season. I think he's very, very good. And I'm not saying it's just a future projection. I think he's already very good. And I'll put it this way. If the Steelers called up the Bengals tomorrow and said, we've got a trade for, to propose to you, it's a straight swap Harris for Mixon, that is the fastest yes you would have, have ever heard. Maybe, but at this current time, <laughs> Joe Mixon is more talented. <laughs> I really hope Harris has a 200-yard game on Sunday. And I hope Mixon has a 201-yard game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <then> you... <laughs> um. Bucks at the Colts, and the Bucks are three and a half point. Fa- uh, sorry, just three point favorites. Actually, um, I think there can be. This is a little bit of an overreaction to the Colts' performance against the Bills. I mean, very taking performance, and obviously Taylor having five touchdowns, extremely impressive. Uh, the Bucks looked like they were kind of getting back into the shape that they were uh, a few weeks ago, and obviously very important for them to have the likes of Gronkowski back. So I'm going to take the Bucks to win and the Bucks to cover. Same. Yeah, I think I think the Bucks are the Bucks are at least suited to stop the arguably the most dominant running game at the moment in the league. Um, but if if the Colts can sense set something up, you kind of worry about the kind of pass defense that the Bucks have at the moment in the secondary. But um, I'm going to go against you. I'm going to take the Colts. I just think they've looked really good at the moment. They are setting up the run game against teams that are pretty good at stopping a run game. Um, And I'd like to think that maybe they can do it again. Um, So I'll I'll go against you. I'll take the Colts. Uh, Titans at the Patriots. Patriots are six and a half point favorites. Two things disappoint me. Well, one thing really disappoints me. The sad thing about editing out last week's picks was that I had the explanation for why, what the difference is between being trash adjacent and being a dumpster fire. I'm sad that that will never see the light of day. The Titans, they're not just trash adjacent anymore. They are, they're in the trash. They're in the garbage can. Wow. This quickly? One week. The injuries... It's just difficult to look at a team now that is missing their three biggest weapons on offense and try and see how they can continue to be effective. And I think that's the problem. We are just going to watch a team unravel as long as they are missing their running back, who is the key to their offense, and their two primary receivers. So I think we're going to have to get an admission from Frank here as well that the Patriots are good but I'm going to take the Patriots to win and the Patriots to cover. I'm going Titans here. <laughs> I just will not admit that the Patriots are good. They are not trash, but I do not think they are that. I do not think they are better than the Bills. I'll put it this way. They are now leading their division, but I would take the Bills 10 games out of 10 if when they play the Patriots. And we'll see in the next, what, four weeks they play each other twice. So we'll actually get to see that in action. But I think they are a well-coached, decent defense with a mediocre offense. And I am not trusting Mac Jones in high-pressure situations. 
I will take Mike Vrabel, who I believe has won the last two against Belichick. So I'm going to take the Titans to win. So last podcast, I was talking about the fact that I think the Titans kind of might be that kind of other team I like for the Super Bowl. I agree with Eddie that the last game was a huge worry for them so much so that I think the Patriots will win this one, but I still have some hope with the Titans. So I I think the Patriots are good. I think they're the real deal. I think they'll win this game, but I do think the Titans will come back and keep it close. So I'm going to take the Patriots to win, but I'll take the Titans to keep it close within the six and a half. Uh, Chargers at the Broncos. Chargers are two and a half point favorites. I'll be super quick. Chargers, just think they're the better team. Chargers to win, Chargers to cover. Yep, same. Agree with you. I think it's quite an easy one, actually, that two and a half line. Yeah, and Herbert is a savage on the road this year. So look out. He's going to go off. And just in, a, in another alternate universe, I yesterday watched the Giants beat the Bucks with Justin Herbert as the quarterback, and I would be a really happy person. Rams at the Packers. Packers are one-point favorites. This is a difficult one for me because I'm not – I think the Packers are reliable. And I think they do a lot of things very well. I think that Vikings game exposed a little bit of their weakness. And in a sense, the scary thing for them coming into this is the prospect of playing against a potentially high-powered offense. Question mark here is how healthy is Matthew Stafford? And I think I just have to take the Packers until I see proof of life from the Rams again. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Rams put in a a good performance here. I'm actually going to take the Rams here and kind of what Eddie, I think touched on, I believe it was the Raiders. You said, you know, they were missing their O tackle and that's a big miss that kind of gets overlooked a lot of times. You know, you always see the, the playmakers, but never the linemen. So Bakhtiari has already been out all season for the Packers and his replacement Jenkins moved from guard to tackle and is having a great year. He's now out. So now they're down two offensive tackles and they're two best linemen in general. So that's that's a tough one for a team like the Rams who have a great defense and they have, you know, a great middle of the D with Donald there. So I I can see the Rams defense getting their way with this offensive line and pressuring Rodgers and and knocking Rodgers around a little. So I will take the Rams to win here. Yeah, I think um, the Rams fresh off a bye week, fresh, kind of no real kind of immediate health kind of problems, I guess, in that sorts. But the Packers look a bit banged up at the moment. Frank just gave one of the examples, but the list doesn't stop there. So I'm going to take the Rams as well and to cover. I think this is a good opportunity for them to earn a statement win. Um, I, I mean, both of them are probably guaranteed playoffs, but I think this is kind of exactly the game. They'll both want to win, but I'll take the Rams in a close one. Uh, Vikings at the 49ers and the 49ers are three point favorites. 49ers are back. Just full on back. Path to the Super Bowl looks clear. But no, in all seriousness, they do look pretty decent. I think starting now that some of those key players are also returning for them. And I think the, seeing things like them being able to get Ayuk more involved in the offense is a really good sign because he had been really struggling this season. I'm going to take the Niners to win and the Niners to cover. 
So just to confirm, I, I know last week listeners might not have heard, but you were on the Kirk Cousins IV. The Kirk Cousins IV is already out. I said for one week only, okay. I wanted to put the Kirk Cousins IV back in. I put it back in. I felt great. It, he justified that decision. I feel re-energized. You know, I was sick last week, and the Kirk Cousins IV helped me to totally kick that. <laughs> I now he, I I understand why he's not vaccinated, because when you have that flowing through your blood, you're probably just immune. You're probably immunized against everything and anything. So I get it. And if Aaron Rodgers comes out and says post game he took a vial of that blood and injected it directly into his own system, then I'm fine with Aaron Rodgers not being vaccinated either. <laughs> but no, it was a one week, one week only. I loved it. It was a passionate romance. It was, you know, a, it was two ex lovers rediscovering each other after a separation and and kind of enjoying the time together, but also realizing why they'd separated and there were lots of, there was lots to like about last week, but the Vikings almost nearly totally blew it and they got me through and now they're gone. Oh, surprising that you're taking the Niners over your Kirk Cousins IV, but I'm going to take the Vikings here. They have six games decided, decided by four points or less. So almost all of their games are close. That spread is enough to sway me to take the Vikings with the points. But I'll also take the Vikings to win. That is a big win for them, beating the Packers, arguably the best team in the NFC division rival. I think they're going to be pumped up for that. San Fran, one and four at home, doesn't scare me very much. I will take your IV, and I will use it for this week and take the Vikings to win and to cover. Uh, I'll take Justin Jefferson IV, actually. Oh, you just got new IVs popping up kind of everywhere. I tell you what, I'll take the Kirk Cousins one then. I saw some good stats for him that um, he's the only QB in the NFL who ranks in the top 10 for the major passing statistics. So completion percentage, sixth, passing yards, sixth, passing touchdowns, fifth, uh, interceptions tied first. Um, that's for minimal amount. And the passer rating third. I, I think the Vikings look all right at the moment. I know what you mean about almost blowing it, but... I think they keep things close. They keep things interesting. And I think this is a good opportunity for them to keep it going. So I'll take the Vikings and the points. Here's, here's a question I have. Has Kirk Cousins lived up to the expectations? Whose expectations? The contract expectations like, and bring him in to kind of be the franchise quarterback that can take them to the Super Bowl, I guess. No, because I think if you make any player the highest paid player in the league, which he had that status for a while, right? I think if you hit that that milestone, then expectations are that you will at least make a Super Bowl, but I think probably win a Super Bowl. So having failed to do either of those things, I think the Vikings would probably say not a total success, but also not a total failure. I mean, he's not been awful, right? And they've had some good moments, but... It's not a good sign for them that when I think back on the Vikings' only iconic playoff moments from recent history, neither of them involve him. I mean, there's obviously the Minnesota miracle before he arrived with Case Keenum and then the 
missed field goal against the Seahawks. I think those are the two sort of standout moments when I think back on Vikings playoff history. And so obviously those are both pre-Cousins. And if you make someone the highest paid player, you'd, you'd at least expect some decent memories from something. And they haven't got that yet. Uh, Browns at the Ravens. Ravens are three and a half point favorites. Big game for both of them. Both of them aren't playing too great at the moment. But who do you think is coming on top? I'm going to take the Browns just because Lamar Jackson has some mystery illness and I don't know if he's going to play and I can't take, if he plays then, and and if he plays and he's pretty much healthy, then this line would obviously be, I think a couple of points higher and I would like the Ravens, but I can't run the risk in making this prediction on Wednesday. Well, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, depending on where we are. No, you're doing it. The, I can't run the risk that, hey guys, this isn't live. I can't run the risk that he just doesn't play. And I think if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, then the Browns are favorites. If this line gets, if it gets confirmed Sunday, I think this is Browns minus one, maybe at that point. So I have to take the maybe possible value there and and take the Browns. I mean, what I saw was that apparently was that Jackson came out today and said he felt much better. But the I agree with you, the difference there between much better could be you were absolutely awful and now you feel much better. Or like if, if he said I felt good, then I'd be like, okay, there could be the chance of him playing. It does worry me a little bit. Until you know what it is that's problem, because it's supposedly not COVID. So until, but he has had COVID twice. So he could be feeling effects of sort of long COVID or the long-term implications of having had COVID on two occasions. I, I, until they come out, until the Ravens come out, not that they have to say what he has, that's, I'm fine with that being private, but until they come out and say what it is he has, I can't just sort of banal descriptions of how he feels is not going to reassure me that he'll be playing. And he missed their walkthrough today. We'll see whether or not he misses practice between now and the weekend. But I can't I can't trust that he's going to be on the field. But doesn't Baker basically have like every injury <laughs> at the moment? Like I know Lamar Jackson's not well, yeah. but doesn't Baker Mayfield basically have every injury? And to be fair, I'm not saying that that is the only battle here. I, I do personally think that the Ravens have a, a bit more to rely on, but I agree that the Jackson thing does make this complicated. Um find this really difficult that's a really really tough one but i'm gonna go with the ravens i'm gonna go with the ravens and cover i'm gonna say that lamar jackson gets better and i'm gonna gamble on it i just can't trust the browns they they have been very disappointing this year i was not super high on them i thought they were a playoff team Uh, these past four weeks you know they had a glimpse of being a playoff team and then glimpses of barely being able to beat the detroit lions it's it's depressing and now Mayfield has come out and started to attack the fans which is never a good idea um so uh, I'm gonna go with the Ravens I think they're a team that can right the ship they haven't looked great either Uh, there's another team that has kind of kind of been squeaking by but I think they can right the ship more than the Browns at this point so I'll go with the Ravens to win and the Ravens to cover and last up, Seahawks at Washington, and Washington are one-point favorites. So Washington won the last two, looked much better. Seahawks don't look that great. I kind of like the one point. 
I, I think Washington might be hitting a bit of a purple patch at the right time. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Washington. What's this purple patch you keep talking about? <laughs> uh, two wins in a row. <laughs> For a team that's four and six, I'll take two wins in a row as a purple patch. I don't think you could have a purple patch. I think a streak or a purple patch or however you want to describe it or a turnaround. I think that's three games plus. This will be the beginning of say. Washington's purple patch. Okay. But what the hell does a purple, purple patch mean? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> it means a sort of uh, unexpectedly good form. You should have a period where you play better than you previously had been. This has got to be English. Or you yeah. can have a, you can have a purple patch in your life too, where things are just going well for you. You know, it just it just means things are are doing better, but in not in a they were bad sense and a, that they're they're good at the moment. Kind of, it's a positive. Yeah, and it could come in any form, right? It could be good. You could be lucky. You could just have like ten bets in a row win, and you're lucky. So it doesn't necessarily mean that things are good. It just might mean that you're being lucky as well. So, yeah, this is the start of their purple patch. All right. <laughs> well, can it also end on the, the third of the game? Podcast now. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm. Oh, we should have been the purple patch. <laughs> um, so you're I'm, not talking about the restaurant, really... the Filipino restaurant in Washington D.C. <laughs> is that what came up when you googled it? Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I don't really know who to take in this one. To be perfectly honest, I think the Seahawks are really, really, really bad, and it just things seems like things are going from bad to worse for them. But I don't also believe in any Washington turnaround or purple patch or whatever you want to call it. I'm I'm gonna take Seattle, and I'm just gonna assume that. Or hope that this is one final fling for Russell Wilson in prime time, extra time to prepare for it, and that they will rally around and, and put in a decent performance against a team that is is also bad. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Washington, they've looked better. Those are two decent wins, you know, a Panthers team with – McCaffrey and a Bucks team. Their defenses look better. I don't trust Heineke. And I just think at some point, Russell Wilson has to get back to form. He has not looked good these last two weeks, but he's, it's one of those things where he rushed himself back from this injury. And maybe had he just taken the normal time instead of having this miraculously fast recovery, it, it would have been a better result because he hasn't looked good these last two. And it's clearly still like affecting him. but I'm, hoping by now it has mostly healed up and he is back to form and with a healthy Russell Wilson, they should be able to handle Washington. Uh, so um, before you join the podcast, Eddie, uh, in some pre podcast chat, I said to Frank that this will be the week where we're the most divisive because the games are competitive. The games are close. And just looking back at some of them, Eddie, I think you and I have disagreed on 10 of the 15 money line, which is pretty impressive. Considering when you actually look back, makes me feel most good. of them have had simple. So I'm, I'm, I won't say there's tactics oh, in it, confident. but this is, you know, this could. There, I, I will say, I can firmly deny or confirm whichever way you want to frame it. 
that at no point in making my picks or selections do I factor your picks or selections in. So take that, Sam. I will do. Now, speaking about us being divided, I have a topic that came up during conversation. Uh, I was out on Sunday night at the Maze watching Sunday night football with Vasilis and uh, speaking to a friend of his, uh, I guess a friend of mine as well, don't want to just frame it that way, but who I was asking about her plans for Christmas. And she then said she was going away, but said she was also going away in January with her boyfriend to a silent yoga retreat in Costa Rica. So for seven days, they will do yoga and surf in a compound or resort or whatever it is, where they also have to take a vow of silence and they do not speak at all to anyone for those seven days. They have no access to technology or their phones. It sounds totally insane to me. Where is this again? Where is it? Costa Rica. Is there any, is there any punishment if you do speak? I mean, I, <laughs> like I, yeah, I'm trying to think of the problem. Like, do you get kicked off the island? Do you get like put in put in jail <laughs> for I, I, a day? I don't know if it's on. <laughs> I don't know if it's an, on an island, but I think, I think, I think if you completely ignore the, I'm sure a lot of people break their silence at some point. But I think if you were persistently ignoring that, they would just kick you out of the resort, and you've paid for your holiday so that would be the punishment yeah i I can get down with the no phones and internet it would be unfortunate if it were you know during like the nfl playoffs or something like that but in a sense I, i i like that aspect and that idea of it just being totally unplugged i mean some jobs you can't be totally unplugged but if it were possible and you were able to, great, that's fine. Then I think that's a good initiative. The no talking just makes no sense to me. I mean, I understand you want to connect, but connecting with humans is also a part of connecting and not being able to talk. I mean, you can connect with nature, then just look at someone and be like, hmm, yeah, hmm. You know, like, wouldn't you want to talk about I your experience would, with someone? You know, be so I creepy. think that would be. I think that would qualify as talking, what you just did. No, but I didn't know how to, on podcasts, show me making facial expressions without making some sort of noise. <laughs> I, look, I agree with you. I think, I think I like the idea of being totally unplugged from technology more in principle than I probably would enjoy it in, in reality. I would love to, I mean, when I do go on holiday, I do try and limit that. I'm always often not that good at it, though. I'd definitely like the idea if I was in some situation where they, as if you were back in school almost, and they were kind of limiting your access. So like, we'll give your your phone back for an hour and then you give it back to us, but it allows you to check on certain things and, you know, just make sure the world is all right and sort of not have that added stress that something was going on that you were totally unaware of. So I would like that, but... The silence, I, I, I mean, it just seems once, and I said this, it just seems one step away from a cult for me. Didn't they have that example of like German, it was like a German big brother 
where obviously the um the the premises that they're completely cut off from the outside world and because they're in the house for like six months they then made the decision to tell them about the pandemic because they're all obviously isolated and staying away from it but imagine coming out to that and being like yeah the world's in complete turmoil lockdown you can't go anywhere you can't do anything you're stuck in here and they had to go in and basically announce it so i guess i i I think I agree with you about the hour, but my problem would be that if they then took it away for the hour, I'd be way more stressed if I saw something bad. Like what? I don't know. Like I guess if you boil it down to my level, I guess it would be like if I saw like a really bad work email or like there was a, I don't know, something up with my oh, I wouldn't check work. E- I would not check. I would not check work emails. I would be perfectly fine telling my work, hey, for seven days I'm going away and I will not be checking work emails. And I would just, that's fine. I was thinking more of knowing people you knew were okay and not, not some major incident, not that I live in fear of that constantly, but just knowing that you weren't going to run the risk of coming out to some really bad news that hits you. I mean, it's never going to hit you well, but at least there feel as if you hadn't sort of been ignoring it as much. I, I would be... That to me would be a, a good middle ground, but I I couldn't do the silence. I genuinely couldn't do the silence. I also think I basically watched Vasilis have an orgasm on Sunday. Oh, oh, I mean, is, is this we're st- okay? We're still live. All right. <laughs> he put on a shoulder massager, oh, yeah. and the noises. He was making were unbelievable. I mean, he used it for seven or eight minutes, and the pleasure that he was getting out of it. <laughs> I mean, he, I told him I'd buy him one for Christmas because he he just looked so happy. Oh, that's so funny! I you know it's it's so easy to just picture him with the massager and the noises and the facial expressions he's making. I, I mean, they were, it was as if he had, I had said to him for seven minutes, make sexual noises. And he really committed to it. Are you sure you didn't mishear you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do I think he <laughs> no, maybe you said, said that use this shoulder <laughs> massager and he misheard that as make sexual noises. Well, all right. Well, have a good Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you boys later. Yeah, have a nice Thanksgiving. See ya. See ya. Cheerio.